Good evening, uh, everyone, and uh, uh, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I know we did, um, not only as a family, but uh, I hope everyone in their churches uh, had a great gathering Sunday and just uh, gave thanks to the Lord uh, for for all that he's done the past year. Uh, you know, I talked about it on the last uh podcast, but I'll just say it again that, you know, we relegate Thanksgiving to thoughts of Thanksgiving to one month when actually we should be giving thanks uh, every month, every day of the year, every month of of the year, uh, because God uh, is always doing something. But, you know, the fact that we at least uh, take the time to observe what God has done, give testimonies of what he's done, about all that he's done, it's important. But uh, again, encourage everyone to give thanks to the Lord uh, on a regular basis because He's good on a regular basis. So that uh, welcome podcast. Uh, this is Terrence Williams. Um, we live tonight uh, on Facebook as we always, and you can also find us. Those of you who aren't able to join us live, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on. Spotify, um, and I've listened to uh, the broadcast Apple and on um, Spotify. I think I've listened on all three portals, and uh, the quality is really great. So, um, if you would, uh, if you're especially if you're on Apple, if you could listen, and not only that, but give us a uh, five star review uh, as we try to build an audience. Uh, a small podcast, a lot of times takes a while to build an audience and we really uh, want to uh, speak the truth to a to a much broader audience uh, in this world that we live in today. So if you could do that for me, please like and share this live stream. Uh, also on Facebook, share it so that uh, more people can a- a- access this uh, podcast. So once again, this is the Cutting Edge podcast, uh, Hebrews 4.12 declares that the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, bone and marrow, down to the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, This show is aimed at viewing our culture and uh, the events in culture through the lens of scripture, through a biblical worldview. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 declares that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I'm I'm committed, this show's committed to have discussions, to invite guests, to, to discuss uh, cultural topics and events. Uh, we must, as pastors and as leaders, we must make ourselves available for all discussion topics lest we leave our people prey to the ideologies and indoctrin- indoctrination of the world. Uh, this is the goal of this uh, mission. This is the goal and mission of the Cutting Edge podcast. Uh, I say that every time. I feel like it's important to say those things every time because of the world we live in that's so driven by narratives. And, you know, the topic I'm going to talk about tonight is judging. And, you know, this is right along the lines of what, uh, what I'm talking about as far as ideologies, as far as the narratives that are going on in the world, um, 
the things that kids are being indoctrinated with in, in schools and in universities. Um, it's so very important that we stick to the word of God, the word of God. As I said in Hebrews 4, it's living and it's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides asunder soul and spirit, bone and marrow, down to the thoughts and intents of the heart. It judges everything. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about judging. Uh, that topic tonight is judging. Um, most of the unsaved world knows Matthew 7.1. Judge not lest you be judged. They know that much more than they know John three sixteen. Thou shalt love the, uh, the the for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten Son. So they're well aware of God's talking about judging, but they don't have a complete uh, contextual viewpoint of what that scripture is talking about. Um, and and it's obviously from a fleshly standpoint that they don't want to be judged because. They know that their deeds are evil. They want to remain in the dark rather than have those those deeds exposed. So, of course, we don't want judging to be a thing. Christianity has slowly and steadily moved away from objective truth, which is from God's word, to subjective truth, which is from man's feelings, um, from a God focus to a seeker focus. What am I saying by that? Uh, probably in the late, probably in the seventies, it began a secret focus as we saw the rise of mega churches where a lot of God's objective truth through the word, you know, words that are cutting words that are convicting words that don't necessarily make you feel comfortable on a Sunday morning were pushed aside in an effort to, to, uh, have a more motivational speaking feel, uh, more of a, uh, blessing and prosperity feel. Uh, so we've moved, the churches moved away from that in the effort to grow large churches. Uh, it worked. It filled up the churches with people. I don't necessarily know that it filled up uh, the hearts of people with the truth of God's word, but it did work. Um, and we know in pragmatism, if the end justifies the means, as long as it works, whatever method we use, is is kind of secondary in importance and of course we know that's not true uh, so we moved away from a god focus to a seeker focus and we moved away from god's truth to my truth so there was my truth what's true for me it's true for me what's true for you is true for you so we set aside the fact that there is an absolute truth and we uh, adopted this thought that you know this is what i believe and that's what you believe. Instead of saying that there is a way, there is a truth that is correct and therefore causes us to repent. As I said in the other scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the word the scripture is God breathed and it is and it is suitable for uh, it is usable for reproof, for correction for instruction and in righteousness. So the word of God is the measurement, it's the, it's the measuring stick. It is where, you know, we look at the word of God and we see ultimately where we fall short. And that should drive us to repentance because we know that he is faithful and just and just, and he wants to, he will, he will, he will forgive us um, uh, when we come to him in repentance. So we don't need to be prideful. We don't need to develop 
a, a way of thinking, a way, a truth of our own that bypasses God's truth, because that's that's just not going to work out for us. Uh, truth that makes people free has taken a back seat to emotion. Uh, the goal has shifted from repentance, from bringing people to repentance to avoiding offending them. Um, that that's where we are in 2023 and we're getting ready to head into 2024 here in a less little over a month. Uh, it seems that today in the modern American church, people would much rather, uh, offend a holy God than to offend other people. We would much rather set aside the truth of God's word and what he has said or, uh, alter it, uh, and, and it, we would rather alter it or redefine it than to present it as it is uh, and allow that word to cause us to wrestle with that truth and to come to repentance, realizing that we're in the wrong. Um, that is that is where we are in, in the modern American church. The two great commandments Jesus gave, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength. And the second one being like it, that you to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, we must leave those in that order. Why? Why must we leave those in that order? Because God's thoughts and God's ways are the ways that lead to life. They're the ways that lead to blessing. Human compassion. When we put loving our neighbor first, we 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 allow human compassion to be manipulated. And ultimately, by the enemy, we allow it to be weaponized to sub to subvert the standards and the precepts of God's word. So when God's ways and thoughts are bypassed in the effort of having human compassion, objective truth is altered and it is eliminated. And subjective truth is the default pathway. That's all we're left with. When we set aside objectivity, when we set aside the the, the, the truth of God's word of who he is and what he has said uh, to be true, then we're left with our own to our own ways. And, you know, look at the look at the earth to see what man's way where, where man's ways has brought us all the way back from the Garden of Eden to now. We've seen the, the destruction, uh, the destruction of, of human lives. And so uh, I. You know, let's look at our world now, the, the rise of social justice, uh, LGBTQ, um, the alternative uh, identities, you know, that people embrace. Um, those are the fruit of us bypassing objective truth. Uh, we cannot truly love people without loving God. His truth, his ways, his laws, his precepts. We have to have those first and foremost if we're going to properly love people. If we desire to see people free, we must speak the truth of God in love, in love for God first, and let that love of God drive us to, to, to love them in the proper way. We want to see people free, even, even at times that that's th those things are, those things are going to offend them. All of us prior to our salvation uh, hearing truth, it cut us. It, 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 it didn't make us feel comfortable. It made us squirm in our seats. It made us reevaluate uh, what we were doing because there was a concrete standard uh, of God's word 
It wasn't shifting and mobile like it is in 2023 today. We see it in churches where they alter. We see churches flying Black Lives Matter flags. We see churches flying the uh, the transgender flag, uh, the rainbow flag. We see those things, all of those in the effort to quote unquote love people. But we are willing to set aside loving God and loving his ways in order to do so. And we cannot set people free. All we can do is affirm them, which is what's going on, affirming people in the lifestyle that they have chosen. We're affirming them in what they deem to be true rather than leading them to the truth, which is a person. His name is Jesus Christ so that they can be free. Jesus said, if you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's in John 8, verse 32. So as Christians, are Christians supposed to judge? Because that's the topic of tonight. Are Christians supposed to judge? Yes, we are supposed to judge. We are not to judge in hip- hypocrisy. We're not to be doing the very things that we're con- that we're speaking to others about. We are to be seeking the Lord ourselves, uh, living a repentant lifestyle. So we're not to judge in hypocrisy and we're not to judge superficially by how things look, by how things appear. You know, if someone is tattooed. We aren't to necessarily assume that they uh, are living an ungodly lifestyle. Um, people come out of those lifestyles and their tattoos come with them. And, you know, people, God will rescue. God will rescue and go wherever people are to free them. And so they may not look like what you think. You can't judge superficially. So those two things, we're not to judge in hypocrisy. We're not to judge superficially. There's no way to live your life, however, without judging, without making judgments. As a person, as a parent, or in a social setting, there's no way we can live life without making judgments. We make judgments every single day. As a parent who you let your children hang around, you're making judgments. You're making judgments based on what you perceive and what you see. Uh, it, it just happens. Uh, so we, we, we are to make judgments. Uh, it is a wise thing to make judgments. It is a wise, we must have sound judgment. We must have discernment. We cannot just, we can't live without those things. What we aren't allowed to do is to pronounce condemnation to others. We don't know the destination of people. We are not that we are dealing with. We are called to speak the truth in love. We're we're not called to tell them that their destination, what their destination is. We warn them. Yes, we lovingly warn them that the lifestyle that they're choosing to live will lead to uh, a separation from God. You know, that that word hell. Yeah, that is a that is a. a word that will trigger many. Um, but think about what is hell. Hell, the worst thing about hell is you're going to be eternally separated from God for eternity. Uh, even if you don't know God, you've lived under his His umbrella. You've lived his presence. His presence has been in the earth. His presence has been here your whole entire life, whether you worshiped him or whether you cursed him. You, his, 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 his presence has been here. So to go into eternity and eternity without the presence of God, 
That's something no one, even the worst vilest sinner on the on the on the planet knows what that's like. So that's ultimately what we're trying to warn people away from. Yes, there's going to be darkness. Yes, there's going to be a lake of fire in the end. But the separation from God is something that none of us knows uh, what what that is. And none of us would ever really want to experience that. Trust me, you don't. So let's speak the truth to people in love because we don't want to see them separated from a loving God, a God who sent Jesus Christ to the cross for them to live life separated from him. So let's let's go to the word and let's examine some of these scriptures concerning judging. Um, I got this on Facebook uh, a couple days ago and it's called, uh, if you can see it through my microphone, it says, are Christians to judge? And it's like 11 scriptures there. It's probably way more at the end of the bottom. It says, yes, we are to judge, just not hypocritically or superficially. So I'm going to, um, my producer, Sam, um, has these scriptures um, and he's going to put them up and we're going to just talk briefly about each of them. And that's going to be the basis of this show for tonight to, to just, uh, Remind you that judging is not unbiblical. It's not unloving. It is what we are called to do. And the word of God tells us that. So the first one is Matthew 7, verse 1. Uh, This is the one I talked to you about in the beginning um, that the world knows this one. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you use, you will be judged And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So that that first scripture is is a a lot, a lot to it. And Sam, you don't have to put it back up. I have my scriptures here as well. It says, judge not let that you be not judged, that you will not be judged for which much judgment you use. You will be judged with the measure you use. Will it be measured back to you? So that's he he the scripture is telling is is trying to direct us away from judging hypocritically Uh, with what judgment we use. We're going to be judged in like manner. Uh, So, you know, we shouldn't be going around looking to judge and judge anyone really uh, judgment actually uh, out of you ought to have a love for a person to actually uh, go to them or talk to them about something that you see going on in their life. That is, that is uh, putting them in danger. Um, it's not a joy to go tell someone about, a sinful behavior that they're that they're doing. It's not not at all. That's not that's not the goal. That's not that's not the motivation behind it at all. Um, it says here, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? 
So that the motivation is first that I am to be observing my own life big time. I, I'm supposed to see the speck in my own eye before I ever point out what's going on in someone else's eye. Um, it says there, it says hypocrite. Uh, first, it says, let me remove the speck from your, your own eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly how to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then listen to verse six. It says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. That that's talking about that. That's 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 a judgment there. You, you don't give what's holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. That's talking about people. So in the same in the same passage here, Jesus is talking about not judging, but he's also judging, saying, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So in other words, you know, use discernment when you even approach someone about how they're how they're living, you know. You know, speak the truth in love, speak the truth in relationship. Don't just don't just come upon someone that you don't have care for just to just to just to shout them out for what they're doing. Um, that's that's speaking in hypocrisy. That's speaking in superficially, just basically on those things. But uh, you can see clearly from the scripture that um we are to we are to make judgments. We just there's just a way to do it. Uh, let's go to John seven twenty four. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now that's what we were just talking about. Uh, we don't judge according to appearance. We don't judge superficially judge with righteous intent in other words because we first of all we know what it took to save us it was took the blood of jesus we know the lives the lifestyle that we live so approaching someone to talk to them about uh the lifestyle that they're living and and encouraging them and urging them to to turn to jesus uh is something that uh, it's something that we, we do. It has to come from, it has to come from godly compassion. It has to come from a place where we know where we came from. We know, uh, where we were headed. We know what our lives look like and we don't want to see that for other people. So, you know, speaking the truth in love, that's the essence of speaking the truth in love that we care enough about people that we don't want to see them bring destruction, further destruction to their lives and ultimately uh, eternal destruction. So we, again, we don't judge, we don't judge from appearance. We judge with righteous intent. That intent is seeing them saved. That is the, that is the whole motivation for speaking the truth. It's not a, a, a hatred of people. It's not a, a thing where we're right and we want to make sure everyone knows that we're right. No, it should come from the motivation of the fact that we don't want to see them go down the same path of destruction that ourselves were headed on. And we know the way to life and we're trying to point them to it. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the third scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
I'm flipping my word too along with it. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 15 through 16. It says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So this is basically talking about the character of being spiritual. Um, you know, it says that it says that who he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Um, that can sound a little bit confusing. But the fact is a person that's spiritual is a person that is always in contact with God. They're always they're always in not only in their word, but they're always praying and they hear the voice of God. So there's really no need for them to be judged by anyone because they are constantly observing their own life. They're constantly uh, in the word of God. They're constantly in prayer. They're constantly in contact with the Holy Spirit and with uh, with the father through prayer. So that is. Uh, the character of being spiritual. Uh, it says, it says that no one, uh, he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of Christ, uh, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So the fact that we can, uh, the fact that we have the mind of Christ and we can uh, continually grow in the knowledge of the Lord, grow into the knowledge of his word, uh, being constantly filled with the spirit. It places us, uh, it gives us the, the, the spiritual character to, to be able to help people, to be able to point people in the right direction. Um, it, it is the, it is again, judging is the character of being spiritual. Uh, if you're not, uh, seeking the Lord on the, on the, on the daily, you know, in the word of God in prayer, really, you, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't speak in judgment of anyone until you're actually actively doing that on the regular. And so, um, let's move on, uh, to first Corinthians five. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, whenever I talk to someone, and they talk about judging um, verse 12. And this is Paul. And I'll give you a little bit of background while the scripture's up. Is that Paul was, they were dealing with a man in the church who had, uh, uh, who had began to have a relationship with his father's wife. And they were putting up with him in the church and not dealing with him. So Paul is dealing with this in these scriptures in verse, uh, verse 12 and 13. It says, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside do you not judge those who are inside he's asking a question and then verse 13 but those who are outside god judges therefore put away from yourselves the evil person so i mean this is this answers this answers the question, you know, that I get a lot of times where people, Christians, uh, Christians who are not uh, very knowledgeable of their word will talk about judging. 
And Paul sitting here, Paul is, has written here, says that what do I have to do with judging those who are outside? In other words, people who are outside of the church, uh, they're already judged. If we know that uh, in that John's 316 passage, it says they've been condemned already because they have not received the son. He who has a son has life, it says in first John. He who does not have the son does not have life. So they're already they're already judged. They're already condemned. People who are lost without Jesus in the world are already condemned. But this is Paul dealing with a matter inside the church. Inside the church, there is to be a different atmosphere. There is to be things are to be dealt with in a different. We are not to be engaging in or entertaining or affirming or allowing the things of the world to go on inside the church. And Paul here deals with it. He says, what do I have to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. And uh, part of the context of the scripture, they were to put that person out of the congregation. Of, of the saints for what they were doing, hopefully to, to, to bring, con to bring, uh, to bring conviction on that person so that that person would see the error of their ways and return. Uh, I know this is something controversial that probably would not happen in churches nowadays, but the fact of the matter is Paul said to, to remove this person from the assembly, um, uh, and another portion that talks about uh, giving them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh so that their spirit, so that their soul may be saved. Uh, that's harsh language, language that obviously the modern church is probably uncomfortable with. Um, churches haven't gotten it right. They've gone overboard in some directions and they've not gone far enough in other directions. But that's why we have the word of God for uh, uh, an example. The word of God is what we are to go by. So it says here, put away that person from yourselves. Don't enter. Don't let them think that what they're doing is right. Remind them of the fact that what they're doing is wrong, especially especially if they call themselves a brother. If they call themselves a brother or sister in your congregation, um, you as a leader um, have to you have to deal with that. And it's I'm not saying it's fun and I'm not saying it's easy to do, but we. We must do that thing for the protection of the rest of the, the congregation. Some that who are growing, some that are young in the faith, they need to understand the consequences of, of sinful behavior and that it will not be uh, it not will be it won't be tolerated within the assembly. What's going on in the world is not to be tolerated within the four walls of the church. And we see how that's uh how the, how the church has gone crazy. Not all churches, thank God, but many of the ones, the mainstream, the big ones, uh, the, the well-attended ones a lot of times, um, they've gone soft. And I talked about that in my before we got into these scriptures, so I don't need to reiterate it, the, the, the things that are being allowed in church because we don't make the right this, we don't make the right judgments and the right decisions concerning those things. So let's go on to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 5. I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you 
not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren. That's talking about the fact that we are to 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 be able to make judgments between the brethren rather than going outside. Um, people go outside to to things um, for when when the wisdom should be within the church. It should be within the church um, uh, rather than going outside. Um, we should deal with things between brothers within the church. And um, there's not a whole lot to that scripture. And I don't know if it's uh, it's basically the context of it is talking about going to having a matter going on between uh, two people and going to the law, you know, going to sue one another, going to take one another to court, deal with those things like that. Um, those things should first and foremost uh, be dealt with in the church. Uh, disputes like that between people who are who are believers should be dealt with in the church. Not that before we ever go to court, before we ever go to, to to the legal means of suing someone or whatever, we ought to be we ought to try to resolve those things within the church. And that's basically what the scripture is going going what the scripture is talking about. We are to judge matters between brothers within the four walls of the church first first and foremost. We are we ought to uh, bring reconciliation, bring res bring a resolve uh, to to these matters before they before they hit secular court, before they hit uh, secular uh, lawyers and different things like that, if at all possible. But that should be the aim. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm, I'm flipping to. All right. This is, says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Um, this is talking about um, things in the church order, the order, this whole passage talking about order in church meetings. Uh, and and let me go ahead for con for context sake, uh, read, the, give you the bulk of that. It says, starting in verse 26, says, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things done be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two at the most three, each in turn, uh, and let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. And then verse 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that you may learn all may learn and be encouraged and the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in all the church, as in all the churches of the saints. So this is basically just talking about in a church service. Um, <clears throat> if there, if, if people are speaking in tongues, they need to be interpreted. Uh, let eat, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So we are to judge we're to judge preaching. We are to judge what's being said. Uh, we are to observe it. Um, we need to be uh, students of the word from the front of the building to the back of the building. Um, this would solve a lot of things that are falsely said in church, scriptures that are taken out of context, things that are preached that are not scriptural would be eliminated if 
the people of God were in their own Bible and not looking to the pastor for those things solely. Yes, we are to 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 have sound leadership. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but um, we ought to know the word of God for ourselves uh, and not depend upon a person, uh, a leader, uh, so that we don't know what he's saying. We don't know what's being said as being whether it's in context, whether it's true or not. Uh, we we definitely are to judge uh, preaching to make sure it's sound doctrine to make sure it's correct. And um, so that that's another area we're supposed to judge. Let's go on to Second Corinthians eleven, verse four. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So Paul is here. um, He's correcting them here that they are not to put up with someone coming to preach another Jesus or preaching or uh, if you receive from spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted um and this this would speak well to the church today again and i just talked about that a little bit with the last one about uh, from first corinthians 14 29 uh the church should be a place of educated people educated in the word of god so that Something like that is easily spotted. Something like that cannot slide in among us. Uh, the reason that false teaching happens, the reason that uh, false prophets come into an assembly and they're not uh, spotted and they're not uh, uh, pushed out the door is because, quite simply, uh, there's not a depth of, of, of understanding of the Word of God. Shame, shame on us. Paul is saying here... You, you put up with it. You put up with someone coming preaching another Jesus, someone coming with another spirit, someone coming with another gospel. You're putting, they were putting up with it in the church of Corinth, and they put up with it in the church of, of 2023, the churches in America. Not all of them, but many of them. And so Paul is admonishing, you know, all of this stuff, you know, really Paul is really repetitive. The New Testament is really repetitive. We are to study to show ourselves approved, a workman not needing to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are to do that. We don't need to depend on a soul leader to teach us the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead, dwells in our mortal bodies. We don't, we're without excuse. We, all we have to do is flip open the Bible and say, Holy Spirit, Shine a light on this. Give me the understanding. Lord, help me understand and and read and read and read and read some more. Because we are to have discernment. We are to have sound judgment when we hear the word of God. When we have people come and speak, we have to be able to know that what they're what they're saying is 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 in line with Scripture. It is in line with the heart of God, with the spirit of God. Um, you should have a feeling inside you when you hear something that's not right. There should be something in you that that, that doesn't set well. Um, so Paul is encouraging them here. We must 
We must judge doctrine. We must judge teaching. It's not ugly. It's not rebellious to do so. It is incumbent upon us to know the word of God. It is incumbent upon us to judge teaching, to not accept something that is not scriptural or not not biblical. And we've got to know the word to be able to do that. So I just, I admonish you, know the word for yourself. You have the same anointing, it says in 1 John, that you don't need a teacher. You have the Holy Spirit. You have your Bible. You don't need it. You Yes, we need leaders. Yes, we need them. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't need pastors, trust me. But the fact of the matter is you have the you have the opportunity to open the word of God for yourself. You have the opportunity with the spirit of God within you that you can begin to understand these the precepts of God, the standards of God. You can begin to mature. You're not going to just mature from a, a two hour church service. You're not going to be mature from a one hour church service. You're not going to be mature from just visiting a building. You can open the word of God anytime you any time of the week and 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 ask God to give you the understanding and he will trust me he will because he wants you to know all right let's go on to first John 8 first John chapter 2 that's toward the back of the book I think it's right before Revelation actually and let me get there well, Sam's got it up, but it says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they wouldn't have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things. So basically what this is saying is we, we can judge false Christians. Those who say they are but aren't. Um, because we have the Holy Spirit. Um, verse 18 says, little children, it's the last hour as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. They went out from us, talking about people that leave leave us, people that leave our assemblies, uh, people that have been around us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out so that they would be might be made manifest. In other words, that they would be exposed, That they that none of them were of us. And it says here what I just told you. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have the anointing of the Holy One, and as you delve into the Scriptures, you can know the Word of God. You can know the truths of the You can know because you have the Holy Spirit that will also bear witness in your spirit of the words of God being true. And you are called to have discernment about people. Again, we talked about this at the very beginning. We're not judging people hypocritically. We're not judging them superficially. But everyone that says they're of us is not necessarily of us, as we were talking about in 1 John here. There are people that are not who they say they are. 
there are people in the body in in churches in christianity that are here to to scheme you they're here to deceive uh, they're here to manipulate you they're here to to take from you and we've got to have discernment uh, we've got to says we are to judge false Christians. We are to judge them and and expose and, and allow the Holy Spirit to expose them. Um, again, this isn't fun. This isn't a comfortable thing. Just like the the reference to Paul uh, in uh, in First Corinthians five, where uh, uh, the brother was uh, sleeping with his father's wife, and they basically were pushing him. They ex- basically were excommunicated him from. The assembly um so that so that that person so that hopefully guilt and, and would would drive them to conviction and 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 and, and repentance uh, rather than accepting what they're doing and just going on about their lives and letting that person feel like what they're doing uh, it must not be all that bad because they're still i'm still welcome i'm still considered a christian along with them um you know, we've fallen away from so many of these matters in the modern church because, again, as I said earlier, we don't want to offend. Um, we almost we almost equate love with not offending when actually a lot of times speaking the truth in love will offend. Speaking the truth in love will bring offense. It has brought offense to all of us at one point in our life uh, when we were living a contrary lifestyle from what God wanted us to live. And thank God for that conviction. Thank God that we were offended enough that it bothered us to begin to 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 enter the process of conviction, to enter the process of repentance, to become saved. So praise God for that. Let's turn to Ephesians 5.11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Again, you know, this is this is some of the work of the church. You know, we're not to tolerate unfruitful works of darkness. We're not to welcome them in our in the in the in the guise of of being seeker friendly, in the guise of of human compassion. A lot of times we tolerate things that God would not have us tolerate. If you think in the Old Testament, uh, when God uh, instructed Israel to to get rid of all the things of the enemy, all their possessions and everything, and yet um, they kept some of the choice things for themselves. They they did things based out of human compassion, based out of uh, just out of the flesh. Period, rather than obeying God. Um, We've got to we we cannot tolerate within the church uh, the things of the world entering in. We can't we can't play with that. And again, none of these things are comfortable. None of these things are fun. But the fact of the matter is, we are we are called to judge the deeds and the works, the works of darkness. Um, we we can't play around with that sort of thing. We can't allow because we do have young ones. We do have people who are growing, people who are young in the faith that are in danger. Uh, if we don't um, uphold the standards of God, if we don't under, up, uphold his precepts and, and, and to the T, uh, observe those things and communicate those things, we endanger people in our midst of being lukewarm. 
of going back to a lifestyle of sin because, you know, after all, if nothing's really said about it and other, there's other people in the congregation that are doing it, so it must not be that bad. Um, that's something we can't do within the church. And again, I know because the church has fallen uh, away from these things in such a manner that these things would be uncomfortable in the vast majority of churches uh, to deal with it. You would be called unloving. You would be called uh, judging. You would you you would be labeled so many things. But man, this the word of God again is there's not a lot of negotiation with the word of God. Uh, it's going to bring you to life. But in other in order for it to bring you to life, it's going to kill the things of the flesh that's in you. And so we are not to 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 entertain. We're not to tolerate the works of darkness. We're to expose them. We're to expose them with the word of God. We're to expose them with the truth. And we are to confront and expel those things from our midst. That's what the Bible says. Let's go back to Rome. Let's go back to Matthew uh, seven again. Uh, as we're we've got a couple scriptures left, and we're almost done. Verse 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men eat grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, even so, Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Again, this is very important. This is the words of Jesus. Right in this chapter at the beginning that it says, judge not, yes, you be judged. Let Jesus, yet Jesus continued through this chapter to admonish you to make judgments. So it, sound, it sounds almost hypocritical for if you go by what your feelings say about verse one to ignore the fact that he's telling you uh, the rest of this chapter to make judgments. He's telling you, for example, um, that there's a narrow way that leads to life and there's a broad and wide way that leads to destruction uh, and many are on it. So that that's making judgments about the destinations of people. Um, we're to do, we're just to judge, we're, we're to judge uh, with righteous judgment. We're to judge uh, in love, not uh, out of hatred, not out of heart of wanting to condemn people. But so it's saying here, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So if, you, if you're going to see someone's fruits, you're obviously judging their fruits. Correct? Uh, we are to judge false teachers. That's what the scripture is talking about. We are to judge people who come in appearing as, as sheep when actually they're wolves. Uh, and you will know them by their fruit. Uh, a good tree will not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's the destination of these false 
false false Christians and false teachers. Uh, therefore, by your fruits you will know them. So it's important. You know, you got to be in your word in order to have the discernment. Your discernment will grow. The more you're in the word, the more you, the Holy Spirit is working in you. The more sharp your discernment, the more keen your discernment will become. And again, judgment is never the purpose of judging is never to bring condemnation. That's God's job. The, the purpose of judging, the purpose of judging is so that we can hopefully bring redemption. Hopefully we can bring correction to those. Uh, but most definitely we can protect the flock as leaders. We must protect the flock. What good is a shepherd? If wolves come around and the shepherd puts away his staff and puts away, uh, puts away his staff and just says, you know, you can have at my flock. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to offend you. No, our job is to protect the flock. Our job is to look after the little sheep that are among us as they are growing. Uh, our job, obviously, is to disciple uh, as leaders as well. But we are definitely to watch out for false prophets, those who come in sheep's clothing inwardly they are ravenous wolves and let's go to the last one for tonight which is first corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if the world will be judged by you are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters and paul is admonishing them here about dealing with small matters the fact of the matter is, is that it says we're going to judge we're going to so let me reverse one it says dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law uh, before before and we we were here before go to the law before unrighteous and not before the saints do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we will judge angels? Have, how much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those to who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. That's what Paul is saying. So those things within the church, again, ought to be dealt with in the church because one day we're going to judge. We're going to we're going to judge along with Jesus. We're going to judge the nations. We're going to judge the nations. Um, and uh, he's basically Paul's asking here, can't we deal with these small things in the church? Uh, one day Christians going to judge the world. So we we must learn how to do that. Uh, before that time gets here, uh, we are called to judge uh, all of these things within the body. Again, you know, we aren't, we're not, we're not judging the world. That's God's job. What I said in First Corinthians five, but in the matters of the church, as people come into the church, as uh, people that may not be saved, people that are unredeemed, uh, people that are very immature, there must be. Uh, we must have the ability to deal with issues in the church before they go outside uh, to the unrighteous, meaning the court of law and different places like that. We ought to uh, we ought to be a community that is able to deal with those things within the body. And so uh, the, 
I could have come up with so many more scriptures tonight. Uh, this was just from this one uh, picture, you know, that I, that's on my Facebook page that uh, someone, I don't know, someone sent it to me or I just saw it. And I was like, man, that should be a, that would be a good show for tonight because that's something as a, as a prophetic voice, as someone who speaks uh, to cultural issues, someone who calls things out um, for what they are. Um, a lot of times you get that accusation of, of judging, uh, you're being judgmental, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not being loving. Well, the truth of the matter is when you speak contrary to what someone's fleshly desire is, that's not going to feel loving. When you say that there is a standard, that there is a measurement, that truth, there is truth that's objective, not based on what you feel, you're not going to be a popular person. And if your aim is to be a popular person in this world, you're going to you're going to turn your back on Christ at some point because you're going to you're going to want to to cave in to, to what people uh, feel. You're going to want to be uh, loved by people. And you know what the scripture says? If your fr friendship with the world is hatred, enmity toward God. So we're called first and foremost when you become saved, you become a ambassador of Jesus. You become a representative of him. You're no longer, you're not a representative of the world. You're trying to, to, you're trying to bring the world to the knowledge of the truth that you have received. You're not called to pander to them. You're not called to push aside the truths of scripture in order to, to, to make them feel good and, and bring them in in a false manner. Um, we are to call to speak the truth in love, as the scripture says, and let them wrestle with the truth. Don't alter the truth. Don't redefine it. Let the truth stand for itself. It stood all these years for, for more than 2000 years since Jesus left the earth. The truth has stood and we've seen it whittled away by Christians, you know, no matter how well-meaning they are. Let's leave the word where it is. Let's let the word let's 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 let the word be the judged and let's see people convicted and brought to repentance. That is what this is all about. It's not about making friends. It's about making saints. And that's all I have to say for this show. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Thank thank you. So many of you that have logged on and we'll see you again in two weeks. Uh, with another edition of The Cutting Edge. Good night.